Welcome back to the One A Week Podcast, everybody. I'm Matthew. I'm Jonas. This week, we're talking about the 2016 Regina Spector album, Remember Us to Life. Um, Regina Spector is a little Russian singer-songwriter who came up out of the underground scene in New York, and she really hasn't kind of broken out of that genre, really, even up to this mm. album. It's It's kind of just like a little piano, little orchestral, yeah. kind of Baroque pop kind of thing, and it's carried by her singing and her songwriting. So She does her silly little yeah. song. And I, 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 I didn't really know what to expect going into this, but nothing really, like, surprised me. Yeah. I got a lot of, oh, yeah, it's like, just like some heartfelt ballads all over the place. Yeah. Which, you know what? That doesn't have to be a bad thing. No. Honestly, um, but I have not heard a Regina Spector album before this. I don't know if you had I before. I heard um, her 2006 one, mm-hmm. uh, Begin to Hope. Um, Regina Spector was uh, on rotation in the Baker House on when I was younger. Not as heavy as some of the other stuff, but like Regina Spector was in the Ben Folds ilk. Oh. Um, so, you know, that kind of contextualizes it, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, in fact, I didn't even check this, but I wonder if Ben Folds is in the fans also like section. I don't know. Tegan and Sarah, Fiona Apple. I saw Fiona Apple. Yeah. Imogene Hip. Uh, yep, this all makes sense. Yeah. I feel like I'm eight again. It's like Gen X millennial gay music. (laughs) So... And I kind of still get that vibe from this project. Yeah. Kind of. Like, I feel like this is definitely something that could have come out in the early, mid-2000s. Because, like, it's, like, a Baroque pop singer-songwriter thing. And I read somewhere that has, like, a full orchestral backing. Like, she had a whole kind of orchestra for some of the songs. Some of the songs, it doesn't really feel like it. Like, some of the more, like, piano-heavy or, like, a little more kind of production experimental songs. Mm-hmm. But some of them have, like, big string sections, yeah. big, like, group vocal sections. And that's when you can really feel the, the like, kind of heft of the sound, which I, I was a fan of. It had a very round, well-produced sound to it, which mm-hmm. that can make or break a singer-songwriter record, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if the if the instrumentation isn't really there then like you're just like kind of listening to words (laughs) (laughs) and it can get kind of monotonous after a while but I think that the instrumentation actually was pretty great on this whole thing I'm I'm having an an interesting interaction with this one I think because you remember when we talked about jellyfish Um, yeah this makes me think of how when we reviewed that Jellyfish record, it was me taking a walk back through time uh-huh. at some older stuff that I was familiar with. And um, then, like, bringing it up to date uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and still really liking it. And this, I don't dislike this, but it's like, it feels like it didn't grow at all, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, which... <laughs> Like I don't, I don't want to say it's like a bad thing necessarily, because if it's something's good, it's good. But like, this is 
just kind of okay to me. Now, yeah. I will say that I, there's parts of the record that I really like. I think the second half of it is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, pretty much right down the middle. Uh, but the first half is, like, it's okay to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't... I don't uh, it's, to me, I don't uh, need another, like, singer-songwriter uh, uh, in the uh, repertoire. Uh, uh, um, so, I don't know. Maybe that... Uh, is is too cynical of me but i mean like i i understand the importance of regina specter you know like <laughs> the importance i mean like the relevance i guess but yeah yeah i like, mean i didn't i i knew very little about regina specter and her music going into this so i was just kind of going in clean slate you know yeah yeah so i could kind of just take everything for what it is and i honestly kind of loved it maybe a little bit yeah because I, I will admit it doesn't completely start off with a bang. I think Bleeding Heart might be the weakest song on the whole thing. Because yeah. it's like, I like a lot of the production stuff that's going on. I like a lot of the the like phases of the song. It doesn't really doesn't really feel like it comes together. It doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot of cohesion to it. And yeah. like the, there's not like a strong melody to it. Yeah. I still think the vocal performance is good though. And it kind of sets a mood for the whole record and like kind of the tone of the songs because i read somewhere that like this is like her most somber affair in terms of songwriting like she's usually a little more upbeat but this and i I could definitely feel that in some of the songs i was like wow this is a little heavy little sad yeah and i kind of felt that right going into the second song older and taller which is a very simple but i think pretty effective little piano ballad yeah which I think it slaps a little bit. It's about kind of like there's a lot of like talk about like like working and like having a career. Yeah. Like talks about like um like the lies on your resume are like what you're known for now. Which I you know, working at a little construction firm <laughs> where I realize I'm getting older every single day. Yeah. And this is these are these are the things I'm putting all my time into. I'm like, wow, yeah, you just kind of get older, and I really like that. That enjoy your youth sounds, sounds like, like a threat. threat. Yeah, that's, but I'll do it anyway. Yeah, low line. I like that a lot. I, I think that I think that uh, in terms of my main complaint, yeah, being I don't think that this ages up. You know, Regina Spektor as an artist. I think that this is. A, an introspective track that does let me think, well, yes, it may sound the same, but she acknowledges that, like, things are different. Mm-hmm. And I like that for its thematic elements. I think that it's... And, like, I yeah, I, I really yeah. like uh, 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 Enjoy Your Sounds Like a Threat because I've never thought about it like that, but now I kind of feel like that. <laughs> yeah, and I... I... I, I, you know, not being very familiar, I just thought it was a, a well-crafted little tune. She can write a no, melody. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. I don't, I, I don't want my point to be misconstrued. She's good at what she does. I can acknowledge that. And I, I think the point where I realized there was something special going on in this record was the third song, Grand Hotel. Mm-hmm. I kind of love this song with, like, it's rolling piano and it's, like, imagery of, like, a hotel, but, like, the underworld is under the hotel... Mm-hmm. But people just come to the hotel to like chill out, and it's got a really good vocal performance. Mm-hmm. I probably one of the better ones on the whole record. 
so that this is when I started to get sold on the whole thing. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's starting to click <laughs> a little bit. And that goes right into Small Bills. I which really is like Small Bills. The most unique song it's on goofy, the whole record. It's goofy, but it's fun. It's got a very like sinister yeah. kind of like nighttime vibe. But it's like the grooviest song on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. She kind of does like a little like a little quick flow yeah. with the it's song. It's funny with what she singing. says. He spent it all on chips and Coca-Cola. She says it funny. <laughs> she, says, she says it a little goofy. Yeah. And but, it's got it's got some very nice string sections on it. This is one yeah. of the songs where I was like, yeah, that whole orchestra's coming in real strong right yeah. now. And there's an appeal of her just going na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. I do like that I part like quite a lot. Like it. yeah. And it's got a very like kind of apocalyptic oh, feel yeah. to yeah. it. Like they're gonna they're all gonna want their money. Yeah. This and and the that. walls are closing the in. The walls yeah. are closing in for sure on this one, which is probably why it feels so like quick. Yeah. It's one of the quicker tracks on the whole thing. Um, but then you go straight into black and white, which is pretty slow, but um, I still think it's a very well crafted ballad. It's obviously introspective, kind of looking back. A little melancholy. There's a lot of melancholy all over this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um but then um I don't know, I really like um, the imagery of, like, my whole life is contained in this black and white photograph. It, it very much feels like she's trying to, like, contextualize her entire life right now, like, with Older and Taller, and this song, and even The Light, it feels like she's trying to, like, kind of put everything into perspective, which is maybe what Remember Us to Life is referring to, the yeah. title of the album, maybe. Do you have any thoughts on Black and White? I've, I've been talking. Black and White and the Light both back to back. To yeah, those are that's the lull for me. The lull. That's where I, and okay. I, okay. I, I I just I mean I think it's partially because it comes those two tracks come in between the two most standout songs mm. on the album to me. Um, so I think that I kind of forget those because it's they feel the most singer songwritery to me and. Uh, Singer song on the singer song derogatory, you know. <laughs> um, but they 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 fall by the wayside to me. Um, I will say about the light. This is a song about being woke, because she's like. So what does that when make you wake me, up? You know, you wake up and the lights in your eyes and you know all these things, but they don't help you. <laughs> it's about being woke. I'm convinced. <laughs> it's like when you like. It's about getting red pilled. You know, like when you wake oh up. My God. And you understand something about the just, world. I can't believe you just Right? Said and she's like, I know that the mornings are wiser than the evenings. But she likes the evenings more. Because <laughs> you can ignore yeah. all the problems yeah. that are currently happening in the world. Yeah. That's why I think it's about being you woke. Just, you decoded that whole ridiculous yeah, she didn't. So. She doesn't say woke. Yeah. Because she's not like Tucker Carlson. But... <laughs> But that I think that's what the song is about, yeah. honestly. And then the trapper into furry. Oh my yeah. god! That's this is when this song came on. I was like, all right, my entire opinion on the album just shifted. Whoa, hold up! Oh my god, it's so good. Very, very upset. Mm-hmm. She sounds very upset. A little pessimistic. One could say about how like good dies and bad thrives Mm -hmm. in three different contexts there's like the trapper and the furrier the owner and the manager 
the doctor and the lawyer. The lawyer and the pharmacist. The lawyer and the pharmacist. I was close. Yep. But yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. Nope. She's spitting on this one. Yeah. And I, I really like like the very sinister like piano yeah. and the strings. It's and it's the, the most like aesthetically appealing to me on the whole album, and like it's very visual to me. Like yeah. it's like she paints a picture extremely succinctly. I, mm-hmm. I really really like this one. Really like. It. Really like. I also kind of like. Tornado Land. Tornado Land is I think it's like my second or third favorite. This yeah. Trapper the Farrier on really good content in my opinion. Yeah, I think like in terms of like the actual structure of the song, it's not like completely stand out, but there's a lot of instrumental stuff going on here that I really really like. There's mm-hmm. like that like descending piano part with the percussion yeah. and it has like those like high soaring in the sky vocals and you know it's about like kind of being in a rut yeah as we all get here and there you know i was listening to this song well to this whole album at work which i realized (laughs) might have been a poor idea (laughs) because it was kind of bringing down my mood yeah maybe all day perhaps but you know it maybe it helped me like it even more than i would if i was just in my bed listening to it 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 makes it feel more potent which maybe is why I'm not as far up on it as you You got to freaking work at uh, Electricon (laughs) USA while listening to Regina Spectre. Really get it. Yeah. That was her intention when writing this I think so. Especially with Obsolete. Yeah. This song is really hard to get through. Yeah. Not only is it six minutes long, it also makes me upset (laughs) for the whole thing. Yeah. It's like definitely the most heart-wrenching song on the whole thing i mean it's literally called obsolete so what do you expect and that's what she sings about yeah just kind of this song made me feel bad for my opinion on the first half of the record (laughs) (laughs) when i heard this song she is guilty i was like oh my bad i was a little quick to judge she is calling you out yeah before the record's even over she's on your ass i don't blame her Um, um and then Sellers of Flowers. I like it a lot. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, hey, maybe nobody wins in this yeah. situation. Maybe. Yeah. Huh? You ever think about that? Yeah. Sellers of Flowers, um, I kind of wish was the closing track because it yeah. feels like a good way to tie everything up. Um, but, like, same with this song is the, in the same boat as Trapper and the Farrier for me because it is so visual it's very and, well crafted. Yeah, that's why I mean I have to give it to her as a as a lyricist because she's kind she of a is, poet. Yeah, it's like she's very she's very kind of a poetic. poet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she could write some melodies. Yeah, those are two very important skills. Yeah, and then I I do really quite like the visit. I think it's very heartfelt, very earnest. Yeah, maybe even a little regretful, which you know leaving this album off on a regretful note awesome cool i will never feel good again in my life yeah thank you for that regina yeah i i i still wish um sally's of flowers closed it out visit is i'm not as high on that one as i am the previous four tracks but yeah it's still good yeah and like i said that those last five tracks make this record to me they make it um so uh i just think it's kind of banger city kind of front to back (laughs) 
I mean, obviously I said it doesn't, you know, hit you with the best right off the bat. I think yeah. it, it takes a second to get started, but once it does, woof, yeah. oh, man, does it get going. And I don't know, just like consistent, yeah. consistently good lyrics, melodies, hooks, and instrumentals. And what more can I ask for in a singer-songwriter album? Than cutting lyrics that make me want to go to bed. Um, more cursing. That's what you. That's what we needed. Um, I didn't think about that, but I mean, you might be right. Um, but then I couldn't tell my mom about it. That's fine. That's fine. That's what's the fine? That's fine to you. You want me this, to tell my mom about it? This bit is is run its course. <laughs> <laughs> we can never do bits no, on the podcast. They're no. always bad. Yeah. Um. I mean that's all I have to say on it. You, that's really you, all I have to say. I mean, yeah. it's it's like a good it's a good quick eleven track. I mean it's like a full forty some minute album, but like I didn't feel like that. To no, me. it's really it well was, paced. Yeah. Um, I think all the tracks kind of tie into one another. Yeah. They all complement one another. I thought about it in comparison to some Beach House stuff because obviously we just did Once Twice Melody and I went through. The entire Beach House discography, oh, their okay. main releases, because I went to their show. Um, yeah. And I thought about it. Um, I feel like the the every Beach House song is like five minutes long. And when it's a song I'm not engaged in, I'm like, well, I'm going to be sitting here for five well, minutes not being engaged. Well. And I was just comparing that to my experience listening to this, because this was kind of the first thing I listened to coming off of that Beach House kick. Um, and like most of the songs are like, about four minutes, yeah, and they don't feel like that. Like yeah. I, I literally didn't know that um, uh, obsolete was six minutes until you just said it. I, I would not have, I would not have realized <laughs> that. Which is I, that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it t- keeps your attention. Yeah, it even does some horrible things to you <laughs> while it has your attention. Yeah, and yeah, I'm thinking an A minus. <laughs> um, I think. I think I'm sitting at a B minus for this one. Okay, yeah. okay. It's, honestly, my, my opinion on it raised in talking about it with you, which sometimes happens when... when I'm a little convincing. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but I, I think I think I'm sitting at a B minus. I'm giving too many good scores this year. I think. You need to listen to bad music is what you need to do. I'm hoping that's what you picked. Next week, we are listening to uh, the 2017 album Below the House from Planning for Burial. Um, I don't really know anything about this album. I just have seen it in my recommended section for like two years now, and I'm going to pick it. The boys over the on Twitter are telling me that this one was one to check out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we'll do next week. All right, thank you, everybody.